squad, welcome to the dungeon once again for uh, this episode of the Scream Squad. Um, Mother of Direwolves here. I'm joined as always by my awesome co-host Chico Leo in the dungeon. So we thought we would kick off March, um, but with looking at some movies that dive into sex. Sex and death, I, I feel like, is such a running theme throughout horror. Um, but I think specifically, because honestly, we could do a million episodes about this, because this is pretty much the entire slasher genre. But but sex as um, as it connects to STDs and that idea of death, I think was what we were kind of going for this week. And um, we did give a hint on Patreon, of course, which was a uh, screen grab from It Follows. So I feel like we should probably kick it off with what what's arguably the most successful of these three that we're going to talk about. Um, I feel like and the follows, most recent. Yes, and I feel like it follows really kind of took um, the horror world by storm a couple of years back when it came out, which I think was like 2015, and it just kind of was this. Uh, it was Detroit. It was interesting and this creative idea and looked really cool and had great music and um yeah it was just it was a definitely a favorite of mine yeah i didn't see it until i guess last year when uh, i guess it came it came on netflix and uh i i didn't know what to make of it at first but i really i did really enjoy it and i agree with you it has like a really kind of unique feel a unique look but one, one of the things that i realized when i was watching it is um there are no adults in the movie mm. And that I feel like is that like sort of somehow plays into this theme of, um, you know, for people who haven't seen it, um, I mean, uh, Jay, the main character, has sex and basically contracts something. Um, it's interesting. Uh, she has consensual sex, but then is chloroformed afterwards by her boyfriend, which I feel like is sort of, you know, it's it's not rape. But that's something is normally, you know, in, in a lot of these situations, like a woman is chloroformed before um, something like that. And so she is still the sex is consensual. But then afterwards, um, she's told that the, the guy that she had sex with is that that he gave her basically a disease or, you know, something, you know, through their sex act. Um, she's going to be followed forever. And just just to clarify, he chloroforms her to basically like tie her into a chair and explain it to her. Right. Um, he doesn't actually like, assault her then. So that's why Chico said it's not, it wasn't, you know, it is consensual sex and then it takes a dark turn, but it right. actually, it, we're not like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, I guess it's supernatural, but um, it's never, it's never clear sort of what it is or how it, you know, do the partners pass poltergeists onto each other? You know, what what exactly is the um, the thing, the entity? It feels a little like an urban legend in a way. It feels kind of like those AOL chain emails that you used to get. Uh, you know, if you don't pass this along, you're going to get cursed or whatever. And they were always kind of repeating the same urban legends. I remember the one that was like the girl at home alone, but the one window doesn't lock. And then... She wakes up and, you know, her dog is dead and the guy was licking her hand the whole night or, you know, th that kind of thing. Like, it feels like those um, those kind of chain things, um, but in this creative new way and, and kind of this interesting take on STDs and um, and just the idea of, of you know, um, passing something along. 
like you said, the the mom is technically there, but she's not. She's very like absent. Um, she. I don't think uh, we ever see her, do we? You do. You just never actually see her face. You see her okay. like at the kitchen table. They actually do talk to her, but she's very removed. She's very much. Um, you know, and that in and of itself, if you dive into it, you know, the the father passed away. And so there really is this idea of like grief and prescription drug abuse because it seems like the mom is like self-medicating. Um, I mean, there's a lot you can kind of lift from all the layers of this movie. Um, the creature itself. So the whole point of it follows is so when, once you get it, you constantly have to stay moving because this entity is following you. It's always following you. And, and only you can see it. And only you can see it. It could take the form of kind of anyone. So it could be your neighbor coming up to you and you don't necessarily know if it's them or if it's the entity. Um, And so you kind of always have to be on the move. And the one way to kind of sort of get rid of it is to pass it along, um, which is in essence what this guy did. Um, But if that person then gets killed, it comes back to you. Right, if Jay gets killed, then it's still going to go after right. Hugh, the right. guy who gave it to her. Exactly. And I think what's interesting in the movie is that Jay eventually starts seeing the entity, especially towards the end of the movie, as her dead father. Right. Um, And there's just kind of this really disturbing, kind of fucked up layer to it, um, where you have to try and kill something that looks like a person you love, and, and the idea of that your grief constantly haunting you. I mean, again, there's really, there's kind of a lot in this movie um, that it goes just beyond this idea of just like sex, you know? And, and actually the, the, the entity appears to somebody else. Is it like her neighbor? Somebody, she sleeps with somebody. Right. um, One of her friends or her neighbor or whatever. And that entity, I think it's Greg. um, The entity shows up as Greg's mother. Right. And then kills him. Yes. And so it's like, yeah, if you, you know, um, and so you see sort of both sides of that, which actually at the time, it reminded me a little bit of this notion in like, um, you know, The Walking Dead and in zombie stuff, how people had to, you know, were faced with the idea of killing if their if their loved one turned of killing their loved one or a zombie that appeared as their loved one because they weren't, you know, really decayed or anything at that point. And, 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 and that, you know, if you... If you hesitate, you're going to get killed. And right. so, you know, Jay knows enough um, to to not do that. And Greg, unfortunately, doesn't and, and ends up getting killed by the entity at, as his mom. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sort of interpersonal stuff with her and her friends. They have this sort of Scooby gang type of uh, yeah. setup, you know, where it's her sister and her friends. And they're all like childhood friends. They go way back. And... Um, but it, it is in this sort of weird, weird world. They're all in college, but they all live at home. So like you were saying, like, I feel like there's a lot that's commenting the fact that it's in Detroit. Like it's commenting on current day stuff. You know, um, the streets are always sort of deserted. And I had read that, you know, that, the you know, Detroit is such a weird city because so many people have left. So the city is so much bigger than its population. Yeah, you know, there's I mean, never enough cars on the streets in Detroit. Um, they're saying it's like the ultimate pedestrian city because of that, because they have these wide streets that were made for, you know, many, many, many more cars. And now they're able to do all this sort of, you know, um, you know, pedestrian stuff for walkers and bikers and, you know, Segway and hoverboard or whatever people, you know, and um, 
it's yeah i mean it 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 it's paced a little strangely and it feels a little low budget at times, but it is kind of a, a cool concept. I mean, as we'll see this, this um, in this episode, like this concept of the STD as the sort of, uh, you know, the, the thing that transmits a monster from one to the other is not original to this movie, but the whole, um, the whole concept is original. Yeah. I think it's like the freshest take. I think it also kind of kicked off this idea of Detroit as like the perfect horror movie setting, right? which, uh, don't breathe obviously did. I go to Detroit every year, of course. And, um, so this is like 10 mile and I have family over there and it's just not like that anymore, which is kind of funny to me. Like I go every year. I actually watched it follows last year in Detroit. Cause it was, we were there and, um it was just kind of it's a snapshot now which is interesting because we're only three years removed um or two two years removed and um or i guess three from filming and it's just not like that which is so crazy to me so don't breathe for me i didn't like it for a lot of reasons but i also was like yeah this isn't exactly detroit anymore right like it's just detroit has grown so much and of course i mean it's not 100 percent there but um, I just kind of was, uh, you know, I think It Follows kind of cemented that that moment. Um, and I think that it was the perfect thing for the time. And now it's it's kind of getting boring seeing Detroit as like, you know, that or, or um, also uh, Only Lovers Left Alive did it really well, which right. had had Detroit in it. And um, I like I passed by that house a million times. And they're kind of these perfect snapshots of, of like that decline that just thankfully isn't there anymore. Thanks to like the tech boom. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's, it definitely kind of re reinvented and kind of changed and, and, and updated the STD kind of idea, which, I mean, that really does go, go back. I mean, we're going to talk about a movie that's from like 1975, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think as as uh, restrictions on films have laxed, so to speak, talking about this has been, in film, it has been, become a lot easier because, of course, it had to be really veiled in the past. Well, so one, one of the interesting things is that, um, you know, you have a whole generation. The characters in this are like, you know, for the most part, like, you know, 19, 20, 21, you know, like that kind of thing. You have a whole generation. Like, I came of age in the HIV AIDS, mm. you know, um, era, you know, and I came of age when people didn't know a lot about it. And when I was a really little kid, you know, Reagan was president and, you know, he very famously didn't even say the word AIDS for like the first five or six years of his presidency. Now you have, and people were dying. You know, it was like a real, it was a thing. I mean, my barber, the guy who cut my hair all through like middle school and into high school died of AIDS. And like, you know, that was, that was a real thing. Like people, people just sort of, you know, wasted away and then they disappeared and then you heard they died. And um, there's a whole generation that's come up. I feel like if you're 19, 20, 21, you don't know. And, you know, like as many people, I mean, people are certainly still dying. Oh, well, people are still contracting it, but it is not the death sentence that it used to be. And so I, I, I do think that that in itself is interesting that if this movie had been made in the 80s, it would have been a, a, a different it, it would have been a little bit of a different thing. It would have been about AIDS, maybe, or HIV. And and now I don't think it's I mean, it's definitely about it's using the STD as some kind of or STI, as we say now, as some kind of a metaphor or parable. But 
I'm not sure. I mean, uh, you know, one critic definitely said that it was, you know, about um, intimacy in modern times. And, you know, people, you know, are behind their, you know, their computers or, you know, even, you know, you and I are having this conversation over the Internet. You know, we're not in the same room. And there's a lot of that, you know, and, and, and that, you know, it's it's actually commenting on anxieties about intimacy um, was one, you know, read on uh, on the movie, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I think that um, I think it's very, um, you know, the director had um, has spoken about having um, that mixed feel. So it is a modern day thing, but um, a lot all the technology is very outdated. The TVs the kids are watching are old. But you see the paradox because Yara, uh, the girl with the big glasses, is reading uh, a book on like a seashell compact, which kind of is like a Kindle, but so there, so it is, you know, like you get that kind of her having something that is like our iPhone, essentially. Then they're also sitting in the front yard playing Go Fish, watching old monster movies on black and white television. Right. So there is, you know, certainly that kind of mix of things. And I think in part because of that, you can kind of say that it certainly is what you're saying, where you can lift again, it's about layers, you know, you can lift this idea of essentially jay kind of meets she doesn't know that it's not a one-night stand they go on like a date but but it's somebody she doesn't actually know and um i think it's very telling that when they look into him they find that he was like he it was a fake name that he was staying in this house in in you know detroit this like abandoned house that he kind of left his real identity behind and then they find out who he really is. And I think that's kind of this idea of the internet of like creating personas of, you know, we've seen so many Twitter stories about people who go meet people and they're not who they really are. And, you know, so there's certainly that level to it. But I think also the old technology does let it give a nod to the HIV AIDS era, to the fact that this is still something that is real. You know, AIDS hasn't gone away. It's not something, it's certainly not the epidemic it was, but, um, you know, this is still something that people are have to deal with. And thankfully, now it's a disease that you can manage and live with and, and not, you know, it's not an instant death sentence. But I think that it's also easy to think that's not a thing anymore. You know, that this is something you don't have to care about, but it still is, is a problem in the world. So is killing people. And especially in the context of, you know, today where healthcare might be taken away, healthcare coverage, then that could become a death sentence again. Yeah. I mean, look at Mike Pence creating an epidemic in his own home state with HIV. Yep. You know, using Obamacare to, to alleviate it and make him look like the good guy. And now, once again, stripping all that health care from people. You know, you're playing a dangerous game with people's lives. So I think, honestly, like, if you add that layer to it of it still kind of making that commentary on HIV and AIDS, it does, you know, to me, it works. Yeah, I I mean the the healthcare thing is a, is a whole other, you know, sort of horror that uh mm. li- literally um yeah, I mean I I mean I I I see what you're saying. I I just wanted to make that commentary that it's only been, you know, one or two generations and even oh, absolutely. then I mean coming of age, you know, when I did, I mean it was it was, you know, it was a little it was like just a totally different concept and people didn't know. I mean, there were someone on my block got kicked out of their house who was, you know, HIV positive and they would come around once a week and they would the the people, their family members would like lower stuff to them in a bucket. I mean, it was like that. Yeah. You know, people wouldn't drink out of the same glasses. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was all ignorance. Yeah. And I think uh, it was very uniquely tied to the kind of, 
it was considered a gay disease, which of right. course is ludicrous. And so it was kind of tied to the gay rights movement. And, and I think in a way it follows is important in that sense to show that, no, it's not a gay disease. It's not, you know, this isn't something that only gay men get. This is something that we could all get through sexual intercourse and, and like, I think it's, I actually read an article the other, like two days ago about a woman who found out she has HIV in Australia. And when she went to the doctor, the doctor was like, no, no, you just have like the flu or something. This isn't a disease like women, straight women get. Right, right, right. You know, and this is, we're talking 2017. No, (laughs) no. So, yeah. So um, I, I certainly think it could be construed as kind of a little nod to that as well. And this idea that we, we love to pretend things have gone away or that they don't affect us when they, in fact, do. Well, I think you want to jump back uh, to, uh, to 1975. Yeah, let's, let's take a time machine back uh, right. to 1975. With our, with our old friend David Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, his first film, right? And I think it's his second, although maybe it's his first. I think first... it was his first feature. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper film. Right. But yeah, Shivers, of course, which uh, I believe is on Shudder. Or Amazon Prime. I watched it on Amazon, so it's one of them. But uh, Shivers is is interesting because, of course, Cronenberg adapted um, a J.G. Ballard uh, story, I guess, or novel with Crash. Oh, wait, is that is it an adaptation of High Rise? So it's not, but all I could think about was High Rise. Which I've because, read, and they, they made a movie of that wasn't right, very good. But right, I, so, I, I, I love the book. So I reviewed the movie, uh, which came out last year, as like Tom Hiddleston in it. And I watched it a few times, actually, just because I, I found it kind of fascinating. And it's a mixed bag. It's, it's not great. But you certainly see that same idea of a high-rise apartment building where the idea is luxury. You have it all. Everything is self-contained. Of course, in Shivers, it's on an actual island, so it's really isolated. But the allure is that everything you need is here. We're the elite. And then you just watch the slow decline of this as society kind of shatters and breaks down. So to me, it was a little bit of a nod to High Rise. I definitely got those vibes from it. Oh, yeah. And and, and it relevant to like a lot of these sort of new developments that are going up today. I mean, I have a friend... Um, you know, she's a PhD and she'd used to toil in the trenches, but now she has like this high paying job. And so she moved recently to one of these condos and, you know, she, they have a pool and they have, you know, classes, you know, exercise classes and various, you know, lectures and everything is within the building. And there's that sense in this building, you know, like in the building and shivers, um, there's a doctor's office there. There's a dentist office. Like you don't, you don't ever have to leave the building. It's almost like the uh, the blocks in the in the Judge Dredd comics. You know that every, everything is there, and and um, and it's you know presented as being sort of super modern, and of course now is like laughable because it's forty years ago. And yes, to confirm, you were right. Um, I couldn't remember. Shivers comes before Rabbit. He did these two movies sort of back to back, and Shivers is definitely you. You are correct. His his first movie. So there's a there's a parasite. There's a, the doctor in the in the um, in the complex is sort of he's basically been doing something with parasites to use in like organ transplants, and it's kind of gone awry. And um, he and and this parasite basically gets loose in the building, and it it um, it's transmitted through sex, and it causes like a kind of crazy sexual desire and just sort of a genuine general you know kind of hedonistic insanity yeah i think what's very interesting about it is um 
the doctor, his whole reasoning for this is, you know, the film opens with a couple first it's like an advertisement and then the couple come and they're looking at it. But at the same time, you're also seeing this guy frenzily attack a girl in a school uniform and eventually kill her and himself. And you're like, what? What you find out is that, of course, this is the, the doctor in question and he had this idea that man was too civilized, which is funny because, of course, this this takes place in this high rise that's considered high society, that, you know, it is an advancement. And so he thought man was too civilized and had to get back to this kind of animalistic, carnal, you know, roots. And so this parasite, initially, the idea was that you could have this parasite go into you and take over instead of kidney, like an organ transplant. If you have a bad kidney, you put the parasite, it gets rid of the bad kidney and then works for you. Of course, we know in movies like this, that kind of scientific idea is gonna go awry. Of course it does. And his whole thing is he takes that idea and thinks, well, if I can embed a parasite that can um you know kind of drive man back to these cravings to becoming it it was an aphrodisiac essentially uh then we might have this revolution we might you know see this kind of rebirth and he just doesn't realize that that is not gonna happen (laughs) and so the mistress that he implants this in of course she then because it makes her sexually aroused and and you know hungry she starts sleeping with a bunch of men in the building so this parasite you know essentially spreads what's interesting that they touch on really briefly is that the professor was grooming this girl you know when they first mentioned their them hooking up she was 12 and she's 19 when when you see her but um, I think it's interesting because you have to ask yourself, like, is that the result of him using the parasite on himself? Or was he a pedophile? Like, I just found that part really right. interesting where he's definitely called into question. His judgment is called into question in a number of ways. But that for me definitely stood out. But yeah, I mean, you essentially see society collapse. Within the context of this building, so it's a very sort of bougie, upper-middle-class white society, um, which I guess, you know, I mean, it's Canadian, and yeah, it, 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 I don't think, I mean, there there might be some scenes outside the building, very, very few, I mean, it all takes place within this complex, um, and the complex becomes this sort of microcosm, and yeah, there are some interesting set pieces, I mean, it's low budget, it's definitely... You know, I think it was a big deal for its time. You know, you hadn't really seen anything like it. Yeah, it's it's a little gross. <laughs> like, it's it's Cronenberg. It has Barbara Steele in it, which is really awesome. Of course, from um, Baba, Black Sunday, and right. just one of the mistresses of horror in general. But yeah, I mean, Cronenberg caught a lot of slack for this because, you know, this is a movie that for its time was considered very graphic sexually you don't even really ever see people having sex i mean there is no there's some nudity nudity, but not even i think it was because it had government well that's exactly what i was gonna say is that people were were very offended because it was government funded and uh, you know partially so people were like my tax dollars went towards this and it's just interesting and i think what cronenberg oh there's so much phallic imagery too which is great (laughs) like Right, well, the thing itself looks like a little disembodied yeah, penis. Yeah, yeah. Like a withered, like somewhere between a penis and a turd. It, yeah, it does. And there's there's a lot of, you know, when the, the parasite is inside them, their stomach is, is bulging and, 
you know, there's a phone conversation where the guy has like an eel that's like swimming next to him and um, definitely pushing the envelope a little bit there. I was just going to say what's so interesting to me is that in general, sex is something in the past that was never really talked about. And of course, you see sexual awakening in the 60s and 70s. But I think even in film, it was still considered very taboo. And so it's just an interesting reaction on the part of, you know, the the kickback at the time where this is a movie that's dealing with uh, sex and, and, and also suggesting that sex is also something that is just a natural thing in all of us and that that was so opposed. So I think, you know, this predates certainly the HIV, mm-hmm. you know, sort of crisis of the 80s because this movie came out in 75. I think that there's some there's some sort of commentary maybe on like swinger culture going on here, especially because it's sort of upper middle class white people and, you know, thinking of, um, you know, what was that Ang Lee movie, uh, you know, that takes place in the suburbs uh, with, you know, that there's the, you know, that the, the, there is that swinger culture from the early 70s of like key parties and stuff like that. You know, this is taking that to the like sort of logical extreme of people sort of partner swapping, except partner swapping because they're they've been driven mm-hmm. crazy by this, you know, by this power, this alien parasite or what, whatever it is that's sort of going around um, back and forth. Um, is it Barbara Steele who actually is in the bathtub? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's yeah, a creepy so scene. so one person actually gets she gets it not through sex. She's in the bathtub and it comes up through the drain. Right. And and uh, there's another person that gets um, the old woman in the um, laundromat. It attacks her face and gets into her that way. So it's right. it's also like on the prowl for sure. But right. uh, but yeah, but for the most part, it it, it certainly you know transmitted through sex. And then even if it gets into you then you're ravenous and kind of, you know, it's still going to do what it has to do. But I think that's a really good uh, observation on your part about it being this nod to the the swinger culture, which, you know, is certainly the graduated, you know, late 60s kind of love era, um, where all of that kind of then started taking place behind closed doors by people who had money and drugs. The other thing is, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Everybody gets infected, right? Like there's no like it's sort of the ending reminded me of the seventies, the nineteen seventy eight or whatever version of Invasion of the Body mm-hmm. Snatchers, where pretty much everyone gets, you yeah. know, taken over there. And so the the you know, everyone in the building does get infected. And they uh the last scene, of course, is them leaving the building. Right. And so going you know, with to the idea spread that they're through the go world. Spread it, yeah. exactly. I'll like Invasion of the Absolutely. Body Snatchers. And that in itself is a very 70s thing because that was sort of a sort of downbeat thing and there weren't faith in institutions and there wasn't faith in the government. And I think there was a much more pessimistic view of things, whereas in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers and in like 50s movies, there would always be some hope offered at the end. Right. And there's something a little bit sort of zombie-esque about it. Like not zo- they're not zombies in that they're slow plotting, whatever, but they're turned into something and they're sort of crazed. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Zombie in the sense of like one-track mind kind of on a bloodlust kind of mission sort of right yeah absolutely and it even you can tell all the themes of like sort of body horror and stuff that he you know that later became to be identified with with you know dead ringers and shivers and i mean i mean rather uh yeah, dead ringers and um you know um scanners so the brood and, and say, yeah and the brood yeah. and yeah videodrome which is you know my favorite and the fly of course oh yeah so um yeah if you want to see where cronenberg got his start 
Yeah, and you did kind of touch on the zombie idea, so I think it's a good uh, segue into Contracted, which, uh, you know, I I feel bad because I I didn't know that going in, uh, and I felt like it was a nice little surprise. Essentially, it's about, you know, a girl who gets date raped and thinks that she has contracted something, which she certainly has, but it's not what she thinks that she has contracted. And she... She's been date raped by a guy who had sex with a corpse, right. with a biohazard thing on its on his toe tag, yeah, on, on its toe, her toe tag or whatever. And it's interesting because the movie did get some criticism for its marketing because it initially was not saying that it was calling it a one night stand, not a date rape. Where she like right. very, it's I mean, she gets roofied like she and she's already inebriated and she you know can't consent, and so it certainly is a date rape. But I think what's interesting is someone did say that um, not to excuse that on the part of the marketing team because that's wrong. But they also did mention that, um, you know, her view of everything is very uh, skewed. You know, like she's in denial about everything that happened because, of course, she's also struggling with. I mean, let me just say from the start, this is like a ham fisted movie in a lot of ways. Like it's it's kind of depiction on um you know like i certainly believe sexuality is fluid but i think that this is a very you know this is 2013 i believe so it still is a very like confused movie in some ways where the main character is with a girl for uh you know a few months and identifies as a lesbian but like there are people who feel like she really isn't and you know this idea that you have to be one or the other that there can't be fluidity in sexuality you know, it's just there are definitely some weird depictions. The guy that is like obsessed with her in a creepy way, the whole movie that she then conveniently gets to take advantage of at the end. You know, it's just like there are definitely. Well, and her girlfriend or the woman that she's involved with who's like, oh, you had sex with a man? Right. Like, you know, exactly. like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it, so like we need to say from the start, like in terms of sexuality, like this is a very, you know, like ugly movie in a very like i don't know if confused is the right word just like ignorant and i just kind of wonder if that was just a convenient plot point for them instead of trying to have give a lesbian character some humanity it just made things convenient but anyway it's interesting because she is like certainly in denial about what happened and because of course then to her that conflicts with her sexuality and um and so maybe that to her accepting that she was date raped changes a lot of things about her own perception of herself. I don't know. Well, and there's a certain level of, I mean, it explores like in that sense, like she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't tell anyone. She doesn't, you right. know, I mean, she's, there's, there are, it explores sort of, I guess, issues of sort of shame and self blame and related to that. Um, and, um, and then I guess a lot of the movie is her actual sort of physical, the results of the, virus or whatever you want to call it yeah it's a three-day like infection yeah and so you just see her eventually going from hangover or presumed hangover to um full-blown infection and it is very um it was interesting to watch it back to back with shivers because you just see the influence of cronenberg and how body horror has kind of taken over uh the genre in a lot of ways um, because this, at times, for me at least, was a very uh, difficult movie to watch. I think, you know, she's she certainly is gushing blood and 
I, I mean, if we want to be real, essentially, like, sh- her vagina rots out. Right. And it's graphic. You know, it's like, you don't actually see it. But but I think sometimes the implication kind of makes it worse in some ways. And then eventually you realize, like, oh, she's rotting out because she's a zombie and zombies are technically dead. And, you know, it kind of all clicks. But it's weird. It certainly is weird. And I think it's an interesting idea to think of um, zombie infection as something you pass along rather than getting bit. Right. You know, like thinking like a la Walking Dead or that kind of getting infected. Because I, I believe in Walking Dead, you could also get infected if you get cut, right? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, one of the things that was interesting about the 28 Days Later universe was like one splash of blood mm. could like gets in your eye and you turn into a zombie. Right. And like that's something I always wondered about the Walking Dead. Because I, people come I at- thought earlier... Um, isn't there like Herschel gets like cut or something or, you know, he might get bit on his hand and so they amputate. Yes, he he does get his leg maybe. Or something. Yeah, I can't even remember. It was like so long ago. Yeah, no, if you get bit anywhere or, you know, I don't know about if you get slashed anywhere, but if you get bit anywhere, I think, you know, you definitely, you know, you get turned. I thought that was an interesting new kind of uh, take on this idea of zombie vacation passing along via std or as an std i guess yeah yeah no absolutely so this actually you know this has a sequel which i didn't i know have you i was gonna ask if you had seen the sequel no yeah uh the sequel of course follows the guy riley at the end um that he is kind of coerced into having sex um with this infected you know protagonist and um so now he's kind of trying to find the cure and i just can't see that being all that good so i just thought that was interesting though i mean it's it it wasn't a terrible movie i found it like a lot more watchable than i expected it to be but it certainly is a cringy movie um in terms of like some of its depictions i think it tried really you know it tries to give her this like hard drug past and she had been abusing drugs in the past, and so there's that. But I, I don't know. It just kind, of, and then she like casually snorts heroin. But then it's fine. You know, it's just kind of weird. It reminded me a little, uh, in some ways, of uh, what what was the movie that that we talked about with the um, uh, about the actress. Who... Yes, uh, it, same for me. Um, Starry Eyes. It definitely yes. reminded me of Starry Eyes in terms of, of Eyes. that body putrefaction. Like your body yes. is literally rotting and falling apart, especially when her hair comes out. Yes. Yeah, I definitely thought of and that. And I think they both took place in L.A. And, yeah. You know, and it was sort of, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think of the three that we saw that we're talking about, I think it was, you know, my least favorite, but you're talking about Shivers is, you know, sort of a... Uh, you know, landmark film to a certain degree, and it follows as a huge sort of recent hit in the, in the horror genre. Um, but contracted is is like interesting and definitely, without a doubt, fits in with this theme. And um, yeah, I mean, look, like you were saying, I mean, death and sex are not just intertwined in the horror genre, but just in general. I mean, there is that concept of the, you know, the French term le petit mort. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, every orgasm is a little death. You know, I think there really is a whole thing with this, with this, you know, with this notion of um, a horror genre, subgenre almost of virus and infection related to sex and, 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 and all of societies and our issues with sex, you know, whether it's related to disease or whether it's related to intimacy or whether it's related to 
just whatever there are you know there's more than just three these three movies and um just in that subgenre and obviously in the larger sex and death yeah and i i think it's also interesting that the one canadian film really takes a look at it on like a societal breakdown whereas like the two american films you really see a woman having consequences for her her sexuality and I don't mean that I don't think the filmmakers were were making a statement on if you women have sex, it's a bad thing. I think what it, it, it was making a statement on to me and I think what slasher genre in general and these kind of films really are talking about in the American sense is that, you know, we're, we're certainly a society that shames women for being sexual, uh, that you can either you're saint or slut. It is um, a virgin or a mother you know, that there are very rigid expectations uh, for women that are, you know, have deep roots in society. And, you know, you're seeing so much of that, especially these days where you see restrictions on abortions, where incest and rape, it doesn't matter. If you uh, have a miscarriage, you can be held, you know, criminally liable. And this idea of women as breeders, and if you have sex, then you have to deal with the consequences, as if right. pregnancy is a consequence for you having sex, you know, like that, that those two are, are, are tied and STDs being consequences of sex that again, only apply for women. They don't apply for men. Right. You know, so insurance won't cover birth control, but it covers Viagra. Women uh, are finding restrictions on abortions or, you know, you have lawmakers who are saying, I don't see why we have to pay for pregnancy as if women, you know, every woman has an immaculate conception and somehow only, in the recent healthcare debate, I think there were some like male congressmen saying stuff like about prenatal care, maybe. Yes, absolutely. It's ludicrous. So there, there has always been this, um, you know, and obviously this goes back centuries. This uh, idea that women are are, and of course this certainly ties into the idea of Eve in the Garden of Eden. This idea that women are just these horrible <laughs> temptresses. And um, that we get what we deserve, essentially. And so I think it's just interesting when you look at these movies in that context as well, especially a movie where in it follows, she has something happen. You know, again, she consents to this, but but uh, I think it's just interesting that the women are always held liable and the men never are. Because essentially the guy and contracted and the guy, I mean, in it follows, you get a little bit of follow up here and he does explain it. But I think, you know, it's interesting and contracted. You only see the consequences that happen to her, not whatever happens to this guy. I think that we're always kind of making this commentary on um, women being being these terrible creatures. And is that really what you want? Like, is that what you really think of us? You know, is that I just think that's interesting in that context as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a quick thing, but like the dude who, who gives her the, you know, the, the zombie virus or whatever with him, you know, having sex with a corpse. Right. So it's like he has sex with a corpse and then drugs and, you know, rapes right. a woman. Like he, and so, know. but, but there are no consequences for him. That's right. Which that is, is so, yeah. you know, it's just really interesting is that he does these heinous things too. Right heinous things and then but it, but somehow we're supposed to really judge this girl for having right. you know for being raped <laughs> right exactly exactly and and again i'm not saying that on the part of the filmmaker i think it's it's society that that you know these films are really calling society to question who are you judging in this film because from everything we see in the media from everything that's been depicted in art for centuries 
most people's gut might go towards judging the girl, which is wrong, you know? And so I of think course. that's... I mean, she only stays at the party because she's trying to get her girlfriend to come. Right. These films kind of pull out uh, society's, maybe not so hidden, but, you know, society's prejudices and kind of sure. are, make you examine who, who do you think is at fault here? And the fault obviously lies with that guy. Well, in the meantime, I think that's uh, that wraps <laughs> up uh, up this episode of Grim Squad uh, yeah. here, here in the dungeon. Uh, but you know, keep keep screaming, and uh, while you're there, check out our our Patreon. I think I kind of went a little, uh, you know, the, I had a week there where I just sort of put some thoughts and rants on the uh, current state of the horror movie that is our mm. that is our country uh, that is not sort of typical of of what's on the Patreon. Although those are public and anyone can listen to it but anyone uh anyone for five dollars you can definitely check out you know the uh we've got a, a bunch of podcasts on there that are uh only only for our patrons and so uh you know our great debates where jamie and i discuss uh various either sequels or remakes and um there's uh los leos where me and leo fairman uh, from black comics chat uh talk about uh various movies so and then uh, you know articles and uh, various uh, various mini podcasts. So there's a lot on there. So check it out. And of course, you can only you can only win you can only win the giveaway if you are a patron. And uh, you know we're giving away something cool every month. And next week we'll be announcing this uh, this month's winner. Awesome, cool. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening as always, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.